Welcome to the AF Mentors podcast. This is for coaches who care about impact and are ready to be pushed outside their comfort zone and into growth. You can find out more about AF Mentors at afmentors.com. Hello and welcome to this episode of the AF Mentors podcast. Today I'm going to talk about a topic that has so many parts that I'm going to split it into two, maybe even three. We'll see. So the topic is why people are not buying from you. Quite a big one to unpack. And I've split it into, I think, 10 points, but also might be 12. Again, we'll see as I work through them. So number one is, and these aren't in actually any order in terms of hierarchy. They're just in the order that they came to my head because of a discussion I had recently. But the first one is who you are trying to work with, i.e. your quote-unquote niche. So if you think about what your business offer is, the niche or the people that you are trying to work with, and also the connections or access that you have to them, this is often the issue with people not signing up to you or, or not having people buy from you. And this is because a lot of people, when they think about niche... No one so much on AFM because of the way that we do things and we start with your business values and who you want to help and then your niche becomes very apparent because of that. But when you sort of work backwards and you think, hmm, what would an ideal niche be? And most people are like, hmm, I know mm, entrepreneurs that are busy but want to get in shape because do you know what? Loads of, loads of income, probably a shit ton of willpower. They don't have a lot of time so they probably don't want to do long Zoom calls and they just want to get on with stuff and you can just give them a bit of tough love and charge them out their ass. I mean, that sounds like a great niche for a business model, doesn't it? Like, okay, I'm just going to work with those people. But do you have any access to them? And that's only the first part of it. So do you have access to them? And then because you are not, potentially at the moment, at the same level, how do you have buy-in and respect from them? Another example of this might be me deciding, do you know what, I really want to be a pre and postnatal coach. But I don't have a baby. I don't have any close family who have babies. I have really very little experience of living with a child or baby or any of the process that goes with that. So it's very hard for me to be empathetic and understanding. Now, I can obviously do a lot of reading on this and I can get empathy through clients. So I'm using an extreme example and I don't mean this all the time. I don't mean, for example, you have to have gone through cancer to work with people who are going through cancer. You can still be empathetic to what they're going through. You can still learn what people are going through. But will it be harder for me to be a pre and postnatal coach if I have never had a baby? Yes, without a doubt it will be. And that doesn't necessarily mean that on a knowledge level and even you know, with with a bit of hard work and with a a decent amount of experience, potentially on like an empathy level, that yeah, I probably could be a really good pre and postnatal coach, but there will also be the expectation from the client. So by that, I mean, if you are listening now and you have had a child and you're thinking, would I have gone to Emma, you know, if I was looking for a pre and postnatal expert, not just like, you know what, I had, you know, I just wanted to get in shape, but like someone who really knew their stuff about this area. 
would I be your first person to go to? And I'm willing to bet probably not, or even not me. Don't, don't think about it as me, but think about it as anyone who who had never had a child. You'd probably be thinking, mm, might not be my, my first option, right? And I'm not saying it's impossible, but I'm saying you're making it a lot harder. Now, this might also kind of be true with the entrepreneurial area. If you have A, no access to them, and B, no buy-in from them, it's going to be C, very hard to sell to them. And thus, even though you've decided that they're the people you really, really want to help and they're your perfect niche, the likelihood is, on paper, on a practical level, they're not. And you could be trying to sell to the wrong person or to the wrong people. And then what you might have done is package up like the perfect entrepreneurial package, but actually the few people that kind of are interested in your coaching, it doesn't really suit them. So they wouldn't get as good results, but also you've probably way outpriced them because you're like, well, this is my ideal people. They're earning like over half a million a year. This is how much I could charge them. This is probably how much I'm coming on to this. I need to charge them to get that much buy-in from them. And so this is the package. And then you've actually got someone who is on a normal salary and wants to have your coaching, but can't afford to pay for, for that level because that's your actual audience and you're selling to an audience that you essentially don't have. The second reason that people may not be buying from you is that they don't know what you do and or they can't see and you're not articulating well enough why it's so valuable. This is something that as coaches, you need to get good at doing. So you need to get good at articulating why what you do is so valuable and how it works and why it works. How do you solve their problems? And also, do you have the insight to really well explain what their problems are and how they're feeling? And you can put it in the context of a client. Like some of my, some of the podcasts that do well for me is explaining things like, perfectionist tendencies or impatience and not just saying like impatience isn't a good reason not to do something blah 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 but actually explaining that I know how they feel but it's still not a good reason and not just saying I know how you feel but being like here's an example here's another example do you ever feel like for the perfectionist traits it might be like do you ever feel like when you can't do a full gym session there's just no point doing it at all well here's some proof that that isn't true and here's the amazing results you can get from doing less than that. Do you ever feel like when you can't get to the gym that actually there's no point having a decent dinner? Okay, well, here's why that makes absolutely no sense. Because realistically, if you can't do one thing, there's even more point doing the other thing. And you kind of break down all these beliefs that they have, but in the context that they're thinking of them. And that's when you get people saying like, oh my God, it's like you're in my head. It's like you're reading my mind. And they're like, do you know what I want? A coach that really understands me. Do you know who does that for me? You. That's why I'm going to sign up with you. And that's what makes you different. Like, that's your unique thing. I understand what you're thinking. That's why they're working with you and not Slimming World or Weight Watchers or another coach who doesn't have that level of understanding. A lot of the time you'll come up with essentially the notion that people just want to know what to do. For example, they're like, I want a meal plan. I want a workout plan. And then you're kind of like, you know that that isn't what they need, but that's what they want to be sold. And then you see coaches that are selling, here's your generic meal plan for six weeks. And here's your workouts for six weeks that again, are generic. 
And then it's a not, it's frustrating for a trainer who knows that isn't what people need to get results. But you need to be able to explain why that isn't what people need to get results. Even to the extent of like, look, Google's literally full of this stuff for free. Knowing what to do is not enough. In fact, we have a whole body of research called behavioral economics that essentially shows knowing is not the same as doing. And to me, coaching is about taking someone from knowing to doing. Now, often it's actually about taking someone from not knowing to knowing to doing. But the main part is actually taking someone from not knowing to knowing isn't that hard. Taking someone from knowing to actioning, that's coaching. That's like effective hands-on coaching. That's mentoring. That's getting someone to do stuff. That's the hard part of it. And that's the art of coaching. But how to articulate that to a client, and I'm not going to tell you exactly how to do this stuff, you have to figure it out for yourself, because the way that I coach will be completely different to the way that you coach, and my clients will be completely different to your clients. However, it's important to break down and sometimes show them that they have tried the generic meal plan before, even probing into, okay, well, you tried Slimming World, why didn't it work? Oh, well, I found every time I ate out, I couldn't work out is it Slimming World that do points or Weight Watchers that do points? I don't know, whatever. Couldn't work out my sins. And so I just thought, oh, screw it, I'm not going to do that. Then I found it too restrictive. And then I didn't understand this part. And then I just decided I'm not going to do it anymore. Okay, well, this time, this is why I'm not giving you a meal plan, because that's why you fall off track. Because that's not a problem with you. That's not a lack of ability problem. That's that's not a willpower problem. No one can stick to that long term. No one's going to stick to the same meal plan long term. The diet has essentially set you up for failure. What I'm going to show you is how to implement this into your life. And that is how you get long term results. And that is why this is the last diet that you will ever do. And you won't have to keep going back to these diets in the same repetitive manner that you have been doing. If we want something to change, we have to change something. Probably the the cheesiest and most obvious, but also kind of most profound saying, nothing changes if nothing changes. Number three in the reasons that people are not buying is you don't show your value or you don't believe in what you do enough. And this is often true for people who are moving from in-person to -to face-to-face or I guess, sorry, that's the same thing, (laughs) from in-person to online, or I guess quite new personal trainers, because I think a lot of the confidence that many coaches have in their service is actually having so many incredible testimonials or experiences with clients. And if you do have incredible testimonials, and you still kind of lack confidence in what you offer, go back and read them. Try and work a little bit against the negativity bias, because do you know what? For every hundred amazing testimonials you have, all of us have one that didn't work. All of us. Like, all of us have negative testimonials, because you cannot be the best for everyone, and if you try to be the best for everyone, you end up vanilla, or you end up like, meh, you know, nobody really, nobody will absolutely love you, but you know what? Nobody will absolutely hate you and they'll probably be a little bit indifferent and you probably won't have a very big business. So I think being yourself, truly yourself, and being bold and having an opinion means that inevitably not everybody is going to like you and that is okay. That wasn't what I was going to talk about, but anyway, that is also an important point. 
what I did want to talk about is showing your value and you valuing that enough. It's actually very easy to sell when you truly believe that what you are selling is worth significantly more than the price that someone else is paying. So when you bring it back to basics, and this is the important of the importance of showing value, which sounds quite vague, but this is why I want to kind of bring it back to the, the real obvious of if you buy something, anything, whether it's coaching or whether it's a new phone, you are saying that I value this thing that I am about to buy more than the money that I am about to give to get this thing. That's why you're buying it, right? You wouldn't buy something that you value less than the money that you have. That's how literally everyone buys and sells. So as a coach, you have to know that your service is worth more or at least as much as the price which you are asking a client to pay for it. It's essentially like a swap. If anyone remembers Pokemon cards, maybe this will help. But if you have like two Pikachus, but someone else has a Pidgeotto and you're like, you know what? I will give you this Pikachu for your Pidgeotto because I don't have one of those yet and I do have two of these. You say that I value that card more than this card. And actually that card might be worth less, but to you it's worth more because you have two of this one. So the value isn't always completely obvious. Wow, that was a weird example. But in a coaching context, in a coaching context, that might be, I've got money, but I don't have the knowledge or the support to reach my goal. So I'm going to swap you some money for knowledge and for knowledge and support to reach my goal. It's as simple as that. So you have to think about how you're showing that value. Now, unfortunately, it's not as easy as with Pokemon. I don't. I think I'm now thinking of Top Trumps, where they have like ratings of certain things. Like it's not as simple as that as a personal trainer. You can't be like, out of ten, my adherence rating motivational adherence rating is 10. I don't know, whatever you might have as as markers. Tough love out of 10 would be eight, blah, blah, blah. Isn't unfortunately quite that simple. But this is, again, a skill that you need to get really good at. So showing value could come in loads of ways. It could be genuinely helping that person with your knowledge, with your understanding, with your compassion, with potentially offering them a little bit of accountability. If someone messages you and says that they're struggling, okay, do you know what, 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 like, what can you do this week? I'm going to set you a few little challenges, right? Let's see if you can make sure that by the time I message you on Instagram in our DMs again on Friday, you've been to the gym twice and you've eaten five fruit and veg every day. And then you message them on Friday and see what's happened. Like there's kind of a little bit of like soft coaching, right? Or it could be that you've offered them information that they didn't know that's going to help them. Or it could be that you're showing value with your testimonials or with how many people you've worked with or with your experience or with your qualifications. This is showing the value that you can give them. Number four is your pricing is wrong or actually it's the same thing, but you're either undercharging or you're overcharging. Yes, that's what your pricing is wrong means. Well done to me. Showing what? It was level up yesterday. I'm recording this on Monday and um, I'm a little bit tired. So that's why my words have been confused. But anyway, this one is that your pricing is wrong. And by undercharging for your coaching service, 
you're actually giving a bit of a disservice to your clients. So usually if you undercharge, your clients do not get as good results. And most really good coaches struggle with this because usually they want to help everyone. I just want to help people. Do you know why I became a coach? Because I want to help more people. Which means that they then tend to undercharge, price very low. And they think that actually a cheaper product will be more accessible to people and they'll get more clients. And actually that isn't often what happens. And if you think about your own buying habits, you can sort of start to see why this might not happen. So do you usually buy the cheapest of everything, especially the things that you care about? So if you think about going into Tesco and you wanted to make, I don't know, a really nice bolognese tonight, would you go and buy Tesco value everything and think it was going to be the best thing? No, probably not. And if you think about what tends to sell out quicker, it's not like Tesco value digestive biscuits. It's like McVitie's hobnobs, right? Or like, I don't know, something that people, they're my favourite. I don't know what actually people like. (laughs) But something that is usually the brand range stuff that sells out as opposed to the own brand stuff. Because actually people aren't looking for the cheapest thing and they're not looking for the cheapest personal trainer either. So at like kind of a race to the bottom, you're not going to win. If I turned around suddenly and was like, I've changed all my training, it's now five pounds a month. I wouldn't have an influx of clients because they'd think well, for five pounds a month, what the hell am I going to get? Probably a PDF document, maybe once a month or something. Like, you know, you're not going to get very much from it. Same as if you're like, you know what I'm probably going to buy to make this amazing spaghetti bolognese, this 18p tinned tomatoes. That's what, that's what I'll need. Like, that isn't what people tend to go for. And because coaching is an investment in yourself, you will find that clients then live up to that investment. Think about things you've invested in yourself. For example, the free email newsletters that you're like, oh, these look so good. How many times do you actually open them? Almost never. Whereas if you'd paid for, I don't know, a mass subscription, you probably would open those emails because you've paid for it because you want to get your money's worth. It might be the exact same content in it, but when it's free, you don't value it as much. Same with coaching. The £5 a month app, will have lower adherence because it's not enough buy-in from people versus the £200 a month coaching because they are going to show up to that. Now, you notice this even more with face-to-face. Like when people have booked a personal training session and they know there's a cancellation period and they get home from work and they kind of don't want to go but they've already paid 50 quid for the session, they go. It's like a sunk cost thing, but it's a sunk cost thing that's working to your advantage it means that adherence is higher. And when adherence is higher, it means that results are better. And then both of you are happier. So if you are pricing too low, you're doing yourself and your clients a disservice. And when you undercharge, the perceived value of what you do will also be lower. Now, is that a perfect system? Should we always value stuff based on how much it costs? No, of course we shouldn't. But do we do that? Hell yeah, we do. So the right price for you will depend on so many things, including the first point we were talking about, re-niche. Like, who are you trying to work with? And that's why I was saying that 
if you're trying to work with entrepreneurs, you probably, you know, entrepreneurs that are doing very well and maybe on average they're earning half a million a year, then yeah, you need to price your coaching higher than £200 a month because that's going to be the equivalent for them of £5 a month. Now, it won't be enough for the buy-in for them. Probably even more so with that demographic. However, if you're working with busy single mums, then charging them £200 a month might be too much. And you might have a group programme which is more affordable, but still enough so that they actually think about the investment that they're making in themselves. And it feels good to invest in yourself. Think about how much you level up to that investment when you're like, do you know what? I am worth X amount a month. It's relative to everyone. So I don't want to keep putting specific numbers on these things, but I am worth investing this money in myself. That's that's an amazing thing to do. That actually makes you feel good already doing it. I'm doing this because I want to better myself. Not only does it increase adherence and accountability, but it gives you that confidence as well. And if you're charging too little, you're taking that feeling of investing in yourself or investing a decent amount in yourself away from people. When you are considering your own pricing, you'll need to consider things like your niche, like who you want to work with, like your business model, how much time and commitment you're going to spend coaching these people, your experience, the results that you get. There are so many factors to go into it and it will be very individual. So if you need some help with that, then sign up to AFM and I will help you with it. And you can talk to me about AFM by clicking the link in the show notes. We can book a call, have a little chat, see if we are a good fit for growing your business. This is the end of part one, which will probably be a two to three part series. So I'll be back for the next one shortly. Have a lovely day. Goodbye.